Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I couldn't be happier, Josh. I sold Alexis Sanchez, and I brought in a Liverpool midfielder. Yeah, it's a a wonderful day for... You couldn't go wrong, right? I mean, whether you you brought in... Whether you brought in Firmino, Wijnaldum... Uh, yeah. Sadio Mane. Yeah. My, my my only regret is that I didn't bring in Emery Chan, who who got an assist, and that re- <laughs> that really would have broken my game week wide open. We were talking a minute ago about how you know there there was some part of me, some secret part of me that was like, oh, it'd be amazing to bring in Coutinho right now, uh, but it would have flown in the face. You know, the only Liverpool player came through, but it would, it would have flown in the face of everything that he's done the last eighteen weeks or seventeen weeks or whatever. I mean, it would have been the the flukiest of fluke moves, you know. So you can't really uh, anyone who thought they were going to bring him in, you can't feel too bad about that because it just wasn't. Uh, it wasn't logic. Even as a differential move, I think you would have been better off with someone like Firmino. Additionally, uh, not to act like we're Nostradamus or anything, but we were G-chatting right before the kickoff of Liverpool-Leicester. And uh-huh. uh, we're like, well, you have Mane, I have Firmino. They're not going to score. Obviously, <laughs> this game is going to be 1-0. Right. And uh, Coutinho's going to score a screamer in the 89th minute. Now, we were close. Coutinho yeah. did score Liverpool's only goal near the end of the game. <laughs> uh, we didn't anticipate them being down by three goals at that time, though. We were, yeah, and you and I are, were separated by one point in uh, our fifty-buck cup, our, our year-long head-to-head matchup. And it's actually it was kind of a, it, it was kind of an appropriate. It would probably be separated by one point uh, going into this match because uh, I think I think we're twelve-one and yeah, I think we're. 
it's right 12 one and two going into this game week so we're 12 yeah. one and 12 so we're where we were absolutely even and now you you are one point by one point you're three points ahead in the head-to-head it's so. the first time i've had uh more points than you the entire season i've, I've <laughs> led a few times because i i have a higher total point score but mm-hmm. Ever since game week one, I just haven't been uh, been able to edge you. And, and to- it's an interest. It's an interesting question whether the head to head is a complete crapshoot or not. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's, it's sort of. We were were we talking about this last week about um, you always lose your head to head in your mini league to the person who's not even setting their team. You always. Yeah, ex- Exactly. I think I lost to average once this year. Uh, if you have, I don't know, another, maybe another really does head to head. The ultimate have, ghost ship average. Yeah. If you have an uneven number of people in your head to head league, then you, uh, like, like you've got like 15 uh, managers there so that everyone has someone to play that week. Uh, you play against average, which is the overall average score, which is usually pretty low. You know, I mean, I think you know this week it's it's you know forty five points, and I'm on seventy one. So, uh, you know, it's usually a pretty pretty big uh, point you know point differential. Just to go uh, back to the uh, that one point that was between us between Mane and Firmino, it was it was highly stressful when Mane went off. Now I knew that I was ahead of you by one point, and your last player was all out. But mm-hmm. I just sweat. I have to sweat a yellow card then for the rest of the game. Now, obviously, Firmino could just turn around and score a couple of goals or something like that. But right. given the way Liverpool looked today, it was it was much more likely that he was going to get a yellow card. And he was to the extent that he was even active on the. I mean, he was. I, I felt like he was a total non-entity. I mean, yeah. uh, I felt like Sadio Mane was at least running around. I maybe Klopp just thought this game was over. There's no way we're going to win, and so he started to pull. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was it. Was weird. It did maybe, feel like maybe though they did, they did. They did. Phil scored like immediately following that substitution. So yeah, yeah I true. Don't know if the true. Sub, the substitution just threw Lester off. Yeah. Um, I actually, it was kind of a mixed bag for me because I'm about to leave for a business trip, and uh, I was very busy at work. Oh, and big so, businessman over there, what are you big businessman. Uh, I'm taking the Amtrak. Actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Baltimore for two days. Uh, uh, it was, it's, I'm actually. It's actually kind of stressful because uh, with the, with the new baby, uh, business trip is like a whole oh, to do. Yeah, There's true. a lot more planning involved. Uh, but you know, so when Sonny Amane said that, I just thought, oh, perfect. Now I just get to completely ignore this match. <laughs> uh, and I like literally, I didn't even check Twitter. I just thought nothing good is going to happen here. Uh, <laughs> either Firmino's going to score, and I'm going to be annoyed, or I, the, the, you know, him getting a yellow was so remote that I was like, nah, it's just I'm not even going to like. You know, it's like those, sometimes when you go when you don't have a player in, in the Monday fixture and someone else does, and you're like, well, I guess if he got like. You know, two own goals and a yellow card. Oh, like, yeah, maybe yeah, I right. can win my head to head. So yeah. yeah, so as I as I said a minute ago, I finished on on seventy one. Uh, I did take a four point hit. I dropped uh, Jordi Amat, uh, a season long fixture on my team. Goodbye, and someone, Jordy. Yep, someone who I was never able to get rid of, and I turned Amat into Leighton Baines. Um, and, uh, I also, uh, you know, then I moved, uh, Alexis Sanchez into, uh, Sadio Mane. So, uh, 
which which was the you know that was the plan move and then the uh, the Monte Baines I made kind of late on uh it was actually it was nice you know we had time on Saturday I mean I I mean I, I wanted there to be an early Saturday morning fixture but because there wasn't I was able to get up and stress about my team for like a solid <laughs> 2 hours uh, before the deadline oh uh, lucky but, for me lucky for me I got completely uh drunk on Friday night and it was <laughs> it was just hard enough for me to get up by 10 so Okay. Yeah. So I burned, I burned four, uh, to turn, uh, Mott into Baines. It turns out I, I actually, I needed him because I only had 10. Pl- yeah. Callum Chambers didn't play at all, which is what ended up actually costing me. Uh, if, if Callum Chambers had played or if, uh, Junior Stanislaw had come on for even one minute, we would have tied our head to this game week. Now, is Chambers, is this like the niggling, niggling injury that he's been dealing with the last few weeks? Uh, you know, I, I think so. It's, it's a foot injury, right? Okay. I think that's, yeah, it says well, it just says knock on the page right now. So I know it was a stress fracture before. I don't know if that's if that's the issue again. But I think that means he's just playing gin rummy. Right. <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, so I can't complain. Uh, you know, seventy was so I guess it was sixty-seven with after the four-point hit. Uh, but uh, it had Seamus Coleman, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, uh, Lukaku. You know, the Kane thing is an, it's kind of like the Coutinho move. Um, not, not, it's not quite the same thing because you you could make a strong case for Kane. Uh, we didn't really on the podcast. I mean, I guess no. It, it was hard to watch Romelu Lukaku play Sunderland in the first half of the season. If you watched that match, if you watched the way he scored three, and probably should have scored like eight. Yeah. Uh, and you saw how bad Sunderland played two weeks ago when they lost four uh, nothing at Crystal Palace. And, to, to and see seeing all of how that. badly Spurs looked against Liverpool the week before. Right. So, um, yeah, exactly. So Spurs hadn't looked very strong. Uh, Liverpool had played in the Europa League at midweek uh, and, and lost. Uh, Spurs, which, had. Spurs, uh, Spurs had. excuse yeah. me. Yes, Spurs had. Uh, and Lukaku, you know, had, had actually stayed stayed behind, you know, to, to rest to rest up or get over some like, you know, small injury that he had. So it just it just made sense. And, uh, you know, in the end, he, he picked up a goal. So it wasn't it wasn't a complete loss. But obviously, uh, uh, I would have 14 more points right now if I brought in or, you know, if I Captain Kane. But somehow you know, it would have all been there. very sour had Big Rom not gotten that goal. But mm-hmm. him just ending up with with a solid six points as captain just made this game week that much more palatable. He was so close to an assist at the end. Uh, He was so close to an assist and probably would have had at least two bonus points. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. He played on, I I can't remember if it was Valencia or Morales, probably not Morales because Morales would have found a way to, like Sky shoot it. it, yeah, forty yards over the bar. Uh, so I, th- I think it was Valencia, maybe, and uh, Pickford made a great save. And uh, yeah, I, I, I did not swing. see that because I was watching the uh, the NBC Goal Rush. They right. only show goals on Goal Rush, Josh. Not and not even, close calls. And even then, they show them like five minutes later. Yeah. Yeah, they, they... <laughs> we were saying the the announcers on Goal Rush, which is basically they show you a featured match, which I think this Saturday it was. Uh, Chelsea Swansea, and then they will just flash to other grounds around the country as goals are scored. But the announcers will say, oh, news of a goal at the Hawthorns. Uh, we'll take you there when we have a chance. And meanwhile, <laughs> right. the, the ball is like across the touchline and there's just a close up of a manager chewing yeah. gum. I was complaining that I think goal rush is too goal centric. Uh-huh. You know, I think that there there are just there are times when a team is really you know, pressing their, you know, I was, I was saying to you uh, on Saturday that 
the first maybe 10 minutes of the second half of Everton Sunderland were really dramatic and Sunderland was you know really put you know at that point it was only one nothing and they were really you know, they're pushing they're trying to get an equalizer they had a you know very good chance of having an equalizer and um, I mean that, this is even before the Jermaine Defoe like which is crazy like I can't believe he didn't score uh, a goal I don't know if you saw that did you see Jermaine Defoe's uh, yes, crossbar I, yeah, I, I, yeah I did see that yeah yeah uh, so goal rush didn't uh, show that. You have to so, touch okay. the woodwork to get this. Okay. But even, you know, the, 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 like when they were like just attacking, like it would have been nice to, to show that. Cause it was just, it was just good TV. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's, there's yeah. just no good way to, well, I mean, there's probably a good way to do it, but I, I, there's it never going to be a way to please everyone. I think with that kind of coverage. And I guess we, we shouldn't complain as Americans, right? Because yeah, we can uh, see the reason they're able to watch. do goal rush is because one broadcaster has the rights to every single match being played in the league. Exactly, and we can like literally watch like the tactical cams for these matches if we want to <laughs> with no commentary. It's perfect. <laughs> right. All right, so I guess I'll just uh, yeah. run through my team real quick so we get the full the full always cheating picture here. Let's so hear it. I finished on sixty eight points with no hits. Um, I ended up going for Mino, as promised last week, in place of Alexis Sanchez, and uh, made a switch in my back line and got rid of some dead weight. I also have Jordi Amat, but I decided to dump Nathan Ake out of punishment because somehow I've lost more value with Nathan Ake than the uh, the barnacle that is Jordi Amat. <laughs> So at three point nine million, it was finally time for me to jettison Mr. Well, Ake. Nathan Ake is down to three point nine million. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, are you are you serious? That, that is insane. That's why my team value is is down to a, an even one hundred right now. Because <laughs> I've, I've been sitting on on uh, you know flashes in the pan like like wow. Ake. I can't. Remember, I have a million more in team value than you do. I know. I have just. I have been. My so my uh, my finance advisor is going to get fired immediately. <laughs> this has been like the worst aspect of my season this year. We're, we're going to have to do an episode sometime soon uh, where we just talk about the, like the inside of the FPL stats, like how like which player has risen the highest this year and fallen the most, and uh, it'd be pretty interesting. I mean, like you know, players like Kapue and Ake have. It's like it's been like a full one million swing. You know. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so I ended up bringing in Andrew Robertson from Hull. It was, you know, Maguire was the hot pick. So I like like going for Firmino instead of Mane. I decided to just go go the same on Hull defense and get the oddball choice, which mm-hmm. is Robertson. And, man, I was very close to a clean sheet and some bonus. And Burnley decided they were actually capable of getting, doubling the number of points that they have gotten away from Turf Moore this season. Now they're on two. It's incredible. That's true, and then they they tried to throw it away at the end too. I mean, they they they, they gave Hall a red card, and it just didn't yeah. just didn't quite pan out. And I have uh, to, I have to tip my hat to McCauley once again, saving my game week with ten yeah. points. He, he filched two bonus. Uh, well, that after. was the difference. It's actually two, two two weeks in a row now. Gareth McCauley has won you a head to head. Yeah, well, all praise, all praise, <laughs> McCauley. So let's forever. get. Let's take a look at the Hail Cheaters Super League. Before we do, I uh, wanted to mention to uh, anyone who is a Patreon supporter or uh, I suppose thinking about becoming a Patreon supporter, we have a new uh, an exclusive podcast. It's actually it's a two-part podcast. Really, it's the first part of it uh, this morning. And uh, it's an interview with Richard Orford, who is a uh, – 
TV presenter and uh, really interesting guy, longtime friend of the podcast. Uh, He's been and, with, uh, with us since the very first episode. I can believe that. Yeah, and he is much more professional than we are, forced us to raise our game a little bit. But what was what was fun about that is he talked about he's been playing fantasy for over 20 years. And this is back back in the old mail-in, uh, mail-in days with the Daily Telegraph. And so it was kind of fun to talk about that. We talked about FPL and poker. Uh, and uh, it was a good conversation. And he actually, in the second part of it, which we're going to release uh, maybe in a couple weeks, uh, he yeah. actually turned – uh, he turned around and actually ho- kind of hosted his own podcast, and uh, he interviewed us. Uh, and we talked about uh, – I, I kind of talked about ourselves uh, and how we met and uh-huh. uh, how we got into soccer and all that stuff. So, uh, if, Somehow I if thought it would be easier to reason, talk about myself, Josh. Bro. Yeah, I, I didn't struggle as much as you did. I really uh, enjoyed I, – I went on. Uh, <laughs> but if, if, if for whatever reason you think uh, that is something you'd want to hear – uh, then you should. He did a, the, for for his interview skills alone. You should listen. Oh uh, it's not yeah. even what we said. Uh, so anyway, those are both. Uh, one is one of those on the Patreon page now, and uh, so you can go there. Uh, it's Patreon.com/slash/AlwaysTreating, uh, and at any pledge level, you get access to those podcasts. And those pledges uh, just go to help us offset the cost of actually hosting the podcast, like like exactly. online hosting yeah. it, and and maybe a couple of of draft lager beers. Yeah, exactly. And if we uh, we plan to do a little hiatus this summer, and so when we do that, we're uh, we're certainly not going to uh, to charge anybody uh, for for you know months when we're not recording. So uh, anyway, you can go there and you can still join our second half league. And uh, we're actually we're down to two managers in the Survivor League. So depending on how long they go, uh, uh, we uh, we enacted another one today. Uh, oh, Janan had uh, had Liverpool. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so if, we, if, you know, if there's time, we'll start a second survivor league as well. So, uh, check it all out there and, um, but let's get right to the super league, Brandon. Okay. I'm going to do the, uh, top 10. And if I were to, if I were to ask you, Josh, how of, of the top 10, how many do you think are in the top one K in the world? Uh, I'm going to guess seven. Well, close six. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> the, the, the top six in the Hell Cheaters Super League rating in the top 1,000 in the world. And uh, starting at the bottom at number 10, it's Moshe Davidovich. Davidovich. Hebrew <laughs> Hammer. I'll get that right one of these days. A ninth place, Clichy's Clean Sheets, Fabio Borges. Obviously, I didn't do my... Uh, my my Google warm-ups. My, I didn't do any warm-ups before we started <laughs> podcasting. Eighth place, FC Carcelona, Caroline Brady's squad. In seventh, it's the Cuddly Koalas, David Fellheim. And in sixth place, creeping into the top 1K in the world, Arshin Batawala, A-team. In fifth, Akuna Wanmata, Eddie Pirello's team. Fourth place, Reykjavik runners, Bart Wolf Hel- Helgeson. And in third place, Laro, it's Jake Kenyard's team. Is Second that a point. new? Is the streak been up there? And I'm just forgetting. Yeah, Jake's Sorry, got Jake. a Jake's got a gray dot, so he was definitely. Uh, Stuck there in third place last at last week at least. Well, Jake, I'm sorry we didn't give you the proper due last last week. Soon to be a regular in the top ten, <laughs> Jake Kenyard. Uh, second place, Anders FK. His Bricklayers squad scored 78 points on the game week, uh, only outdone by uh, eighth place Caroline Brady, who who got a huge 85 points. And in first place, still there, Patrick Connolly. Eat the kapoo. 
Game week total of 59 points, which brings him to an even 1,600 on the season. And Quality. Patrick Connolly is in 60th place in the world. So well done, Pat. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, uh, congrats, everybody. And yeah, Never uh, too late to join. Go to alwayscheating.com, click the League tab, and on uh, the uh, League code is all over our social media as well. It wasn't all good, though, Brandon. We have some meltdowns here. And I, I enjoyed so the, the our Facebook posts. You know when I sort of when I put out the call for questions, it's I, I feel like the the quality of the posts that we're getting is is very high right now, and it, it sort of feels like a call-in show. You know, it's like a call-in show, but with Facebook posts where people sort of they go through their thinking and they sort of you know there's a lot of like wringing of hands. You know, uh-huh. a lot of everyone's sort of stressing out and. Uh, so hopefully we can, you know, by by airing these meltdowns, it's like a therapy are, uh, session. Yeah, we're lightening their load a little bit. So uh, Kevin Musa Man says, okay, first of all, the, this first meltdown is a is the humble braggiest meltdown ever. Okay, <laughs> so just gonna put that out there first. Kevin Musa Man says this should have been a great week for me. I had my best week all season. We'll have 85 points when subs kick in, but I left Van Anhalt on the end of my bench and changed. Which is I don't what were you doing Van Hell at the end of the bench yeah if you got Van Hell you got first on yeah. the bench if you're feeling that sheepish about Crystal Palace I know we're trying to make him feel better and we're already we're taunting him already <laughs> uh, it changed my captain to Costa from Kane an hour or so before the game week uh, one of my mini league rivals Captain Kane instead and almost equaled my score if I had the extra points I almost, wasted Josh. I would be I would be top of that mini league. So now that 85 feels a little tainted and the joy has been wiped away. Uh, we've all been there where you, you yeah. have by all accounts a fantastic game week, but there's one mix up that could have, you know, theoretically made it perfect. Yeah. You just, you can't think this way because I, down this path, madness leads, right? <laughs> you will like, never, yeah. you will never enjoy yourself playing fantasy if you think this way, because you could always do better. There's, I am never completely satisfied, but I have to like force myself to, to appreciate it, you know? Because yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd be like, you know, we both could have Captain Kane this week. The whole, the whole, all four million FPL players could have. This is why wars get started, Josh. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yeah, okay. Andy Lakeman, uh, another meltdown, says, Another average week in an average season for me. Fed up and bored. No more playing nice. Insert electric guitar solo. Hoping for a double game week for City. I'm triple captaining Kuhn, bringing in Sterling, Stones, Crouch, and Ebra. And then the week after, more hits, more power, death or glory from here on in. Banzai! <laughs> Uh, Andy, do it. I, I want to see it happen. And I, I hope Bonsai was a reference to uh, Mike Tyson's punch out, too, because that's that's uh, I think Bonsai is a reference to Lee Dixon um, during the Spurs Liverpool match. He actually made a hi-ya sound uh, really? when there was a replay of a Hungman Son tackle. That's offensive. It was it, it was <laughs> extremely offensive, and the entire internet pointed this out to Mr. Lee Dixon, <laughs> who I I actually loathe his commentary, but uh, I I I don't want to be a, I don't want to be that big of a. I, I don't like sports commentary in general. I mean, I, I'm just not a fan. I I actually think that English English soccer soccer general is a lot better than American sports commentary. I mean, NFL commentary is is execrable and uh college basketball is just right up there too anyway jeff petter 
friend of the podcast, real, real life friend as well, says, uh, I, I think I can go that far. Close certainly, uh, certainly. Friend, co- yeah. Uh, says, Arg Coleman. Four weeks ago when Baines over him, man, was that the wrong choice? Anyway, I'm now waiting on Phillips and McGuire's fitness for game week 28. Planning, eh? You guys got any such troubles? Oh, I don't have any injury concerns at the moment, which I guess I should feel lucky. Um, my my real concern for game week 28 is fielding more than six players, which we'll talk <laughs> about later in the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I've got lots of troubles, Jeff, but I, I've been talking about them for 26 game weeks now. Uh, I mean, you know, only being able to field 10 players this game week. I mean, it's, it's been an, it's been a, you know, uh, it's been a very, I mean, bringing in junior Stanislaw right before he inexplicably fell out of favor. Yeah, I mean, that one, that is just terrible luck. Cause there was no way for at least two guys living on the East coast of the United States to see that one coming. He keeps making the bench and they keep needing goals and he keeps not coming in. And it's just like how many guys on have to see Pew come in, you know, and a when they're down three one or two one or something. And I mean the guy the guy was good enough to be on there must be something going on. I don't know. He's trying to teach him a lesson or something. I mean it just, it can't be that he's just not good enough all of a sudden after, you know, being in this like rich run of form for several weeks. Yeah, yeah. I it's anybody's guess. Now, Coleman versus Baines, uh, you have both Coleman and Baines now, which I feel you've got to be pretty excited did, about that. I did the double. I mean, obviously, you know, gaming 27 is uh, I'm not I'm, I'm planning to actually bench Baines for for gaming 27. I'm going to start Coleman uh, just because there's enough, you know, attacking throat there. Uh, but just the way my the way my team is set up, I knew that I could uh, field three defenders without fielding double. Uh Double Everton away, and then um, they're home. You know, game weeks twenty eight and twenty nine, and those are both really good fixtures. So I just thought, I thought it was worth it. You know, I thought uh, actually Baines could have had a couple of different, yeah, a couple of times when Baines could have had assists. So Everton is looking great recent yeah, in recent weeks. It's Morgan Schneiderlin. I, I swear, I tweeted about this on Saturday, but it, it, he's completely changed that team. I mean, they just, I, I, they just really needed someone like him. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so all right, Brandon, let's take a quick break. Uh let's get to uh the, the the key topic, the one that broke literally hours after we recorded last week's episode of the podcast. Uh, uh it not only did the news break, it, it our our brains broke uh shortly thereafter. I know. Uh it's 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 almost let's do, okay. <laughs> Let, let's take a break and then let's get into it, all right? <laughs> okay. Same old podcast, always shame. Brandon, we are back. Manchester City, perhaps you've heard of the club. Uh, they're known for not uh, drawing fans for Champions League fixtures and <laughs> uh, for having uh, pretty bad defense. Sure. Uh, I've heard so of them. So they, they, uh, they, they plan to have a... Uh, also Oasis. Also Oasis. Uh, also Sergio Aguero, the mercurial Brock tune. Him uh, I've so, never heard of. Okay, well, we'll talk about him later then. Okay. Uh, so they they they're out of nowhere. Uh, they have a a possible double game week twenty seven uh, that is about to. Okay, so they they need to win. This podcast could be completely worthless if they if they lose at home to Huddersfield Town uh, in two days. Let's let's hope that doesn't happen. We have but, okay. We have twenty four hours in which to make this podcast work. So come on, guys. Give us all the listens in 24 hours before yeah, Huddersfield exactly. definitely <laughs> beats City. 
Right, exactly. So, uh, so they have a double game week in twenty seven. They play, uh, they play Sunderland and Stoke. I, I believe are those they're they're both away, right? Am I am I, mis- am I correct in thinking that? Uh, that is uh, the Sunderland match definitely away, and the Stoke match would be at the Etihad. Okay, so okay, so home to Stoke. Uh, and and away to Sunderland. Now we we've just seen what Stoke can do uh, on the road uh, to a good team, and they completely shut them down, as we saw. I mean, uh, Spurs couldn't get anything going. No, it was uh, they couldn't even get out of their own half. I yeah, mean, I Arnett exactly. Which was all over the place. Now I'll admit, I only saw the second half of the Spurs game, and I, I believe it was nil nil uh, going into that second half. So uh, you, didn't didn't just, didn't allow. It you had some sort of like blanket covering the upper left of your TV screen, and you're like, <laughs> exactly. ah, I'm not going to even move that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what the so score is. I'm assuming that was a nil-nil draw. Uh, I don't know why uh, so many uh, Spurs players were celebrating at the end of that game. Uh, <laughs> I guess hey, the point, point is a point. point. Right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, so they're playing two very bad teams. and But it's very tricky because... Uh, because okay, for, it's tricky for a lot of reasons. Let's, let's get into all the reasons why it's tricky. Because uh, there, there are there are many, and it's not just about this team. So okay, one, uh, they have been super mercurial all season, and this 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 applies to every every attacking player in this team, right? Yep. Uh, certainly Aguero, up and down all season. Uh, Raheem Sterling has been great for the last several weeks, but then he, he went in the stretch for about 10 weeks, uh, right when I brought him in, actually, around game week six, where he stopped scoring. Um, and Kevin De Bruyne, um, incredibly expensive uh, in the FPL game, and uh, kind of does everything but score and get assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all you know, Dave, I mean, he's sort of like he's turning to David Silva, you know, where David Silva yeah, is sure. like all, all over the place, and then somehow doesn't get any points. Yeah. Uh, and then you have these other players like like Sane, and I, I suppose you could include Yaya Torre in there. Um, and then you have this defense that, in theory, you have these two these two fixtures, and there's you know a pretty good chance that that they'll. Uh, they could keep at least a clean sheet, but but who knows, right? I mean, they can see goals all the time, and yep. uh, you know, I, I, Jermaine Defoe st- scored away at the Etihad in the first half of the season. I don't know why he couldn't score at home uh, to Manchester City. <laughs> what have we seen out of this Manchester? I mean, they just, they just you know shipped three goals in the Champions League to uh, uh, to Monaco. Yeah. So you know, yeah, who knows? I mean, Monaco is a great team, or you know, very good team, but. Uh, you know, there's certainly no. Um, yeah, by all accounts, it's not a, a defensive highlight reel for either either team. So that's so that, that's, that, that's why City is complicated, but it's it's further complicated because our um, FPL double game week brain gets switched on for the first time this season, and there is this seeming necessity to play it, right? Um, particularly but, with the but, the. Wait, well, did you have something else you wanted to say? Uh, I have, I do have more to say, but I, I don't want, I want you to talk to okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's the double game week. You feel like you have to play it, but city blanks in game week 28. So if we're making moves to play city in game week 27, we're also struggling to feel the full squad in 28. So any move we make to get city players in for 27 is going to have to immediately be rectified. So we're, we're like spending points after points to play this double game week. So I think the real problem is, A, like you're saying, do we trust the city team to just flat out produce FPL points? And then B, 
how do we make it work for our budget and for our transfers going into 28? And I and C, which is what I was when I was when I was trying to talk over you a minute ago, uh, very rudely, uh, is that it's C is do we trust Pep to uh, to put the same team out there two two game weeks in a row? You know, I mean, if they play twice in five days, is there a single player in the entire squad that you would say confidently is going to play both game weeks? I mean, there are there are a few that I might lean toward, but there are, I believe zero that I would say 100% absolutely uh, will start. I couldn't agree more. I mean, okay, maybe no, not even the keepers, right? I was going to say, well, maybe, but Caballero, I mean, is he's not a lock. There's no, there's no, well, there's yeah, just, Pep, there's, Pep clearly loves Claudio Bravo. He brought him over there. You never know if he's just going to wake up one day and say, all right, Bravo's yeah, ready again. Yeah. Home yeah. to Stoke city. Here's yeah. your chance to, look, to get your confidence training. back. Yeah. Uh, not not think, likely, but it's possible. Okay, so let's let's get to a couple of the questions that we have here as we as we start to think about this. Uh, FPL Piglet says uh, Q one question one. It's all about the possible uh, Man City double game week. Uh, if you could only pick one, who would you pick? One uh, Sterling, two KDB, or three Sane. And then he says, question two, and how many hits is Mister Obvious Captain Choice Sergio Aguero worth? Minus eight, minus twelve, minus sixteen. Bonsai. <laughs> uh, okay, Raheem, so Raheem, for, first Raheem Sterling first, for me is number one, right? Uh, of the three, yeah, I guess I would go Sterling one. Uh, KDB. For, well, first of all, I can't afford to bring KDB in. Uh, I, I'm not going to rearrange my team to bring in Kevin De Bruyne for, for, for two game weeks. I mean, I think I actually think he's probably the player who's most likely to play both these games mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of the possible attacking assets. But you, you'd have to free up about $10.5 million. I mean, if you still had Alexis Sanchez in your team, uh, that's not a bad move. I mean, I guess you could, you could, you could turn Hazard if you, if you still had him uh, well, into Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I think there have been three. It looks like there have been three games this season where KDB has come in as a substitute, mm-hmm. and there's just been one where he flat out hasn't played. That was the Spurs match when Spurs annihilated them. So if you have, I, I okay. So I think we're we're agreed. Sterling, I guess I would probably go. If money were not an option, I guess I might go. Even then, I guess I would go Sterling, KDB, Sané. So I, I would go in that order. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does, I, does does Torre rate for you at all, or Silva? Torre is a fun option just because he is on penalties. And let's see. I mean, he's started every match since game week sixteen. Yeah, it's a good chance he'll play both matches. So, yeah, he's, I would actually throw them up at least level with Leroy Sane, um, just because I. I, I, he's the cheapest, seven point three. Yeah, Tori is the cheapest, and Sonny, even though he's he's like nailed on to the starting eleven at the moment. Going back to what you were saying about the rotation, and you, you just don't know. And I see Sonny would be one of the first to get rotated. I mean, I, if only to have a player on my team named Leroy Sonny. Uh, I mean, uh, the human troll doll. I mean, yeah. it would be it, it's appealing, but um, it is very appealing. I just want to know what he gets up to on his day off. I feel like he'd be a fun hang. And 
Okay, so how many hits is Mr. Obvious Captain Choice Aguero worth? Are, are you are you certain to bring in Aguero this game week, Brandon? Is this a, is this a certainty it's, for you? It's all but certain. So here mm-hmm. is the dilemma I see. Right now, my front three, like I think many managers, if not most managers, if not every single manager, it's <laughs> it's Lukaku. It, we have the same starting three: Lukaku, Kane, and Ibrahimovic. Now let's go right. through let's go through the three of these. Lukaku okay. you need for game week twenty eight. Right. Kane coming off of two hat tricks in one <laughs> one week. Right. Uh, as then, as well as in, in in a home fixture as well coming up. Yeah. And then Ibrahimovic, who is just equally undroppable, highly consistent. I mean, of all of these, he has the lowest uh, like capacity to explode. But he's the highest owned. You're more. You're most likely to have a lot of value wrap, wrapped up in Eber right now. All three of these guys. Eber's home to Bournemouth. I mean, yes. Also, not to mention the fact that he is one of the best captain options in game week 27. So, uh, and I can't sell any of these guys without losing team value. And as I as I sort of dropped that bomb early in the podcast, team value 100 even back to where we where we started. Yep. Uh, I, I can't afford to to sell any of these guys. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm almost certain to not bring in Mr. Aguero and just it's rolling the dice. I am really on the fence about this. I, if Kane were, if he had a, if he had a, Everton's not a good fixture, uh, but, but it's not, it's not that bad either. And he is home. And if they were a way to Burnley, even, you know, if they just were at like a play, like a middles, middles, middles burger, mm-hmm. you know, if they were just at a place, it there for a I did think about trying it. If they were just at a place where you thought they were going to park the bus and, you know, it, you know, Spurs would probably win, but it was it'd be a one nothing game or something like that. Then it, it'd be very easy to just to just drop, you know, Kane for uh, for Aguero. But Aguero has has been really mercurial, uh, even even though he's a sure starter, uh, probably both fixtures. I'd say that you know, I mean, you know, what do we think? It's a seventy five percent chance of better. He starts both games. It, it wouldn't shock I'd me. If go, he I go. I go as high as eighty two percent chance he starts. Eighty two. I, I can't go that high. I would go seventy six. <laughs> I'm willing to give you one more percentage point. All right, that's fine. So okay, so because the, we the question from Scott Gill, it's a seemingly obvious answer, but but one you worth at least thinking about, which is, uh, you know, if neither of you have any any of these players, uh, would you rather have for next week? Uh, Ibrahimovic or a city player. So I'd rather have Ibra or any city player for game week 27. Oh, gosh, that's tough. Uh, so Ibrahimovic scored about 300 goals <laughs> in the last five games. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm trying to give the question due, but it, yeah, you have to go with Ibra on that one. The, well, no. The, the, do you? I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, well, I think that the uh, double game week is kind of screwing me up here because, yeah, it's it's so easy to see like Raheem Sterling doing doing the business in one of these matches, you know, getting a goal and getting. I could see him coming out with twelve to fifteen points on the week pretty easily. But you could also see Ibra doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and you're not sort of blowing up your team in the process. 
There is a temptation to just completely avoid all of the Man City options and just not bring any of them in. I mean, there's there's no way I'm going to do that. I, I'm going to bring in at least one. I suppose I could end up bringing in two. I mean, I, first of all, I'm I'm just kind of I I you know I, I need to take some risks, you know, just yeah. just to keep climbing up the the tables in all of my leagues, and there's, it's just too good of an opportunity. But uh, I I don't love it. I mean, what about defense? We were talking with uh, Richard Orford on our Patreon podcast, and he threatened he he threatened us, Josh, to bring in John Stones into his FPL team. First of all, there's just no chance that uh, City's going to keep two straight clean sheets. Uh, They're going to concede a goal either home to Stoke or away to Sunderland. So at best, you're maybe looking at eight points. Uh, for these players, right? So assuming you're going to burn four to bring in one of these defenders, uh, I guess you just have to, if, if you don't think that your players can keep it, I don't know. I, they're, 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 I mean, all these defenders are bad and they concede a lot of goals. And I mean, I know John, I mean, what is John Stones down to now? He's, uh, he's at 4.7. 4, 4.7. So, I mean, he's affordable to, for sure. I mean, I guess if I, if I found out that Phil Jones was still, I think there's a pretty good chance that Phil Jones finally plays again this weekend mm-hmm. uh i mean it's such a phil jones thing right to like come off in the 59th minute <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and, the ultimate uh, gurn yeah with like with like this this issue that he was like telling her he, he was like gonna be fine in two days and it's been like a month and he's still still on the bench he was probably uh, injecting himself with with yeah. really weird stuff he found around his house thinking this is make him feel better when we do next year's 10 tips for fpl for success we're gonna target Every injury, like every injury prone player, and we're just going to put them on a big board, like a big, <laughs> a big wall. And we're just going to take a photo of it and we're going to post it as our avatar. Uh-huh. And that avatar is going to be the players that you should not bring in because they cannot stay healthy. Uh, and it's going to ruin your avatar team. is going to be impossible to read, by the way. Lots of lots of names. Very tiny print. Uh, we'll figure it out. Maybe we'll have to. Maybe we'll talk to Twitter, and maybe we can get the avatar size. Just the D, the DPI uh, ratio is going to be insane. <laughs> be very, very legible. Uh, yeah. I mean, Emmett Sutton was talking about, uh, you know, getting Aguero for a hit. You know, is that going to backfire? I mean, I, I we're okay. So we're being very negative about this, and it's you know, it's the first double game week of the season. You think to be more excitement, but it, it's just it's such a tricky game week, and it just. You know, any you can't bring you can't drop any player who's going to play in game week twenty eight, right? Because it's already so hard to field a full team in game week twenty. I have seven players right now who are going to play in that fixture, and two of them are West Brom defenders, you know, uh, who are who are going to play away to Everton in game week twenty eight. So I mean, I'm not expecting a, a huge haul from those guys either. Uh, so it's you know it, it's just a it's a very so none of those seven players are on the table as players I want to drop for this fixture because uh, I need to be bringing in more like you know like because like like Lukaku to me isn't an option to drop for Aguero because uh, I do I would just bring him right back in because he's like the only good striking option for game week twenty eight uh, I mean there's a good chance I'm only going to have one striker that fixture so uh, it's yeah it's it's very tricky so okay let's. If we, uh, if it were, it's if it's it's Friday right now, Brandon and Man City have have won uh, have won their FA Cup match and definitely have a double game week. Okay, I, I may he, still be celebrating that victory over Huddersfield. Come Friday, sure you will be. You'll be out with uh, Moonchester and Boombeam. <laughs> uh, who is who is the one City player that you're going to bring in this game week? Uh, I I'm going with Sterling. 
Josh, I'm just looking at these stats that you pulled, and on goal attempts alone, last six games, Aguero, 13 goal, goal attempts, Sterling, exactly 13 goal attempts. And on, on those odds, I just like Sterling's value a lot more. And given what I was just saying about uh, the strikers that we're sitting on that we're loath to get rid of, um, I can definitely see a swap for me of doing a short-term Deli Ali switch. And we talked a bit last week about Spurs having one of the more enticing um, runs of fixtures after game week 28, and I want to be all about Spurs then. But I don't know. After watching Deli Ali play the last few weeks and Christian Eriksen play, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't be sad if I drop Deli Ali, pick up Sterling just to rotate into Christian Eriksen in a couple weeks. Exactly. You can you can bring him you can, you can bring either one back in, you know, pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I don't think I mean the value hasn't been so um crazy with the Spurs midfield that yeah. you're you're losing that much value. Yeah, Sterling is where I'm leaning as well. I mean Aguero, I mean I, I guess you can't really look at his his recent stats and draw too many conclusions because you know he he basically was was became a bench player uh you know gaming 23 and 24 he played 18 minutes and eight minutes uh finally gets back on the pitch when uh, Jesus goes down in uh gaming 25 uh you know plays 76 minutes and uh you know picked up an uh, an assist or right? well, I guess it was an own goal right it was the shot on t- it could have been yeah, a goal but they called, an called an own goal yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the guy has only scored, you know, one goal in the last, uh, in his last 12 fixtures, um, going back to the last time he, sc- he scored two goals away to Burnley in game week 13. Uh, and since then he scored one goal and that was, uh, in 45 minutes of play at home to Burnley. So it's, it's really, he scores against Burnley and, uh, <laughs> struggles against everybody else. I mean, but in the, in the meantime, he has, he has suspension and he's been on the bench and, and, uh, I, I just don't know how you could look at Aguero. I mean, okay. Aguero is a great player and, uh, you know, no he's the, he's the only real striker on this team. Uh, but, I, it's hard to get excited about having him for a double game week. I mean, it's it's just you know. I mean, last season I triple captained him and picked up like seventy five <laughs> points. You it know, I mean, I know sad, how great he it? is, but it is kind of sad. Well, I just love Aguero. I love the way he plays. He's uh, kind of like Robin Van Persie. There's just something about a really great striker that just it like it transcends your rooting interest a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, even when Van Persie played for Man for. The traitorous Van Persie moved from Arsenal to Man United. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can still admire the way that Van Persie played because he was he was so perfect. You know, there's something about him that's just so he was a perfect striker. Yeah, in he a way. was like the Roger Federer of strikers. Yeah. Speaking of injury prone, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let, let, let's just yeah. okay. I think we I think we're settled on the Man City situation, but I think we should just state for the record: if you are looking to make up some ground, it. it it is not out of the out of out of the question to bring in Sergio Aguero on a punt on a double double game week punt. No, exactly. I mean, if you can do it for for without a point hit too. I mean, you know, Kane has a pretty good fixture, but you know he doesn't play in game week twenty eight, and uh, you know you can move right back to him for game week twenty nine. You know, uh, from Aguero to yeah. I mean, it'd be easier to make to bring in two city players if. Uh, if their fixtures weren't so bad from game week 29 through, I think, 31 or 32. Talked about this a little bit last week's episode of the podcast. So uh, I think that if you're going to bring in these players, then you're just immediately going to drop them for game week 28, then then I think it's fine. Uh, but yeah, it, it's tricky. I mean, the, you know, the, the upside is only people who are listening to this podcast even like know 
that there's a double game. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it, the, it's not, um, it's, it, there's a lot of edge to be gained. And Richard actually talked about this in our podcast we did with him yesterday. There's a lot of edge to be gained in, in being at least a little aggressive with these double game weeks, because um, you're just going to have a lot of managers who don't know what is going on and are not prepared for the double game week. They're not prepared for game week 28. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're really going to be able to make up some ground if you can even field eight or nine players in game week 28. Uh, so, you know, so it's, 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 it, you know, we're all kind of screwed the next couple of game weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everything we were, we, we were all putting our plans into place until this double, double game week got announced. And then it was all out the window. Speaking of out the window, should we talk about Liverpool? Yeah. Uh, just a couple of questions. Uh, Luke Funberg says, have we all screwed up taking out Sanchez from Mane? Uh, and uh, Dion says, I'm thinking of Mani and Firmino in for Ali and Sanchez. Uh, no funds invested in Sanchez. Is that a good move? So what wow. do you th- – Where, where, where were you last on, week, Dion? Ha- yeah, have your, have your thoughts on Liverpool changed at all given, given today's fixture? Well, I mean a little bit, but I, I have to say I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed in how they played against Leicester because I think we are all counting on points there because it's impossible to predict what's going to happen in this Liverpool Arsenal fixture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we're still very happy to have these guys for game week 28 when they I think play it was a, I think it was a trap fix. I don't know if trap is quite the right word, but you know they 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 had a week off. They're a little rusty. Uh, you know, I mean, Lester just fired their manager. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these guys to perform. Uh, there's probably a sense of, of relief that came with, with Ronnie Eric going, just not because uh, they didn't respect him, but just because uh, it was just hanging over the team. You yeah. know what was going to happen with this guy. Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, it was always going to be a tough game. I thought Lester played really well. Uh, they looked like the Lester of old. Um, and uh, I, I I just don't know how much you can blame Liverpool for that. Um you do. Or, you know, I yeah. do wonder if it, if it, you know, much has been me- being made of the 16 days that Liverpool had between this and their last match, and shouldn't they have been rested and, and ready to play? But I think sometimes that works against you, and that you've got to sort totally. of sh- sh- kick the tires, shake the rust off, and so How maybe many time- they, yeah. they come up against Arsenal and they do what to them what they did to Spurs, and yeah. Arsenal have a, arguably a much worse defense than Spurs do. Yeah. How many times does that have to have? <clears throat> excuse me. How many times does that have to happen? Like, how many times after this conversation where it's? It, I feel like I, we have this exact same conversation every year around this time, which is that some you know some team or a couple teams, you know, they're off for like you know two and a half weeks and they come back and they're they play you know like garbage the first game back and we're like, why didn't they play better? They had seventeen days off. Uh, you know, and it's I, clearly it's not uh, it's not conducive to winning. I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe long long term, I'm sure it is. You know, you can get healthy and all that stuff. But you know, that first match back, I think it's really tricky because um, just getting to that level again. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, Leicester had this you know huge Champions League match they played just a few days ago. You know, they are they're you know engaged. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I I still don't know. I'm trying to think through Dion's question here of Mane and Firmino in for Ali and Sanchez. Just based on just what we were talking about with City, I think I think you've got Dion's got an opportunity, a rare opportunity to kind of seamlessly play the double game week. Right. I think so too. Uh you could go what, De Bruyne and Sterling? 
yeah, or well, I'm thinking maybe he gets one Liverpool one. Well, I guess then he gets the Liverpool in after game week 27. Just right, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, De Bruyne and Sterling in for Mane and Firmino. That's easy. Go for it. Go for it. And, and and maybe Coutinho in game week 28 instead of uh, instead of Mane, right? I mean, Coutinho's you know he's kind of a form player. And, uh, you know, 8.2, he's the, he's the cheapest of those, those big three options. Uh, I, I, yeah, Lallana was not very impressive in this game. I felt like I didn't really see him do anything. Yeah, he's, he's gone all Cesc Fabregas in that he uh, had a really great <laughs> start to the season. Yeah. He's just kind of tailed off. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, totally withholding judgment until this Arsenal game. Uh, You're the- just withholding in general. That's kind of your, that's your thing. Yes. Yes. Um, look at I, my four hundred one k. That'll tell you everything you need to know. Uh, I I'm definitely looking. At, nothing has changed for me. I'm still looking at bringing in a second uh, Liverpool player for game week twenty eight. I'm probably going to bring in Philippe Coutinho. Uh, I might even bring in two Liverpool players. Uh, I might end up bringing. I, I I mean, bringing a Liverpool defender for game week twenty eight makes a lot of sense. I mean, if you're if you're going to have, if you only have two defenders who can even play that game week. Uh, then it seems totally worth the risk to me to bring in, uh, oh, you know, one Lucas Leva. Yeah, not Lucas. Uh, well, he's actually he's classified as a midfielder yeah, anyway, isn't he? He's he's O O O P. Yeah, maybe you know Matip. I thought Matip was playing kind of far forward in this game. Yeah, Matip's uh, got a got a headed yeah. goal in him. Yeah, so maybe maybe Matip or I don't know, you know, Nathaniel Klein is kind of expensive though. So we'll we'll talk about more about the, about game week twenty eight next week's podcast though. But you know, I think that it's you have to be thinking about it a little bit. And uh, I'm certainly not planning to drop anybody who who can play in game week twenty eight because there are just so few teams that that do play. Yeah, nobody gets nobody on Liverpool gets punished yet. They have a stay of execution. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. Okay, so we uh, need to we need to preview game week twenty seven, don't we? Yeah, but let's let's take a little break first. Okay, let's 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 recharge the batteries, Brian. Like like Liverpool did, and so we'll be very rusty. In so a couple you, so our preview of twenty seven is going to be <laughs> terrible. By the way, same old podcast, always cheating. Okay, we're back, and we are going to preview game week twenty seven, which starts off with Manchester United hosting. The Cherries, who you might know have a terrible defense. <laughs> so, uh, slam dunk captain, captaincy here for you, Josh. Uh, barring a Manchester City maneuver. Yeah. Well, it's certainly it's it's either it's either Ibra or a Man City player, and uh, it's just it's going to be a tough call. Uh, really, really tricky. It's also uh, it's also another early kickoff situation. That doesn't bother me as much, uh, I, I, especially with a guy like Zlatan. I mean, that guy, uh, you know, he's always he's always ready to score. He's he's always ready to score a goal, though. Generally, uh, he scored two on Sunday, Brandon. Yeah, he did. I have I have so many questions about that Southampton defense. Maya yeah, Yoshida, God, and some, some guy who. I, I told everyone a couple months ago I would never commit this guy's name to memory, and I still haven't. I know. And, you know, Gabby Adini. And if, if Southampton weren't in this run where they played, like, one game and, like, one match in six weeks or whatever, I mean, he'd be such an appealing option. Oh, he yeah, is I'm be all great, in on Gabby Adini. He is going to be a fantastic 
wild card option in like two or three weeks because they're going to have two double game weeks coming up and uh he's going to be a yeah, fantastic option uh okay so uh game week yeah so so man united bournemouth uh we think that man united are, we both think they're going to win uh i think they're going to win very handily i think this is a three nothing man united win uh i don't see anything from bournemouth and uh i expect that junior stanislaus will remain you know i don't know out to lunch the, out to lunch exactly <laughs> Yeah, United is going to be pumping after their uh, their EFL Cup win. They're going to be home with their with their very shiny. That EFL Cup is incredibly shiny, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and their fans are going to be loving it. It's going to be it's going to be a real party, and they're going to crush. Sadly, crush Bournemouth. We, nobody wants to see Bournemouth get crushed, but it's going to happen. Leicester Hall. Now, if if Leicester weren't away, or you know, weren't weren't weren't. If, they, if Leicester were playing in Game Week 28, then Jamie Vardy would be an interesting option here, given oh, yeah. given his, his was, surge form. I was loving my Andrew Robertson pickup until uh, until I saw Leicester completely <laughs> annihilate Liverpool. Yeah, uh, I think this is a handy Leicester win. Uh, I'll guess uh, something like two nothing. Uh, I I mean, is there anyone is anyone scoring in Hull right now? I know they did score uh, this last game week, but. I don't know how they're scoring. It's it's a, I don't really understand this whole team though. I it's kind of it's, it's it's a little different with the new manager and it's like I think they've I, got I don't a few, see a lot of value there and so it's been hard for me to pay too much attention. Well, they've got a few new moving pieces. I mean, they've got a new manager plus they've got a, a bunch of new uh attacking players. So these I I feel like the whole the whole attacking thing hasn't like totally crystallized yet, but they could easily show up and score a couple of goals against Leicester. I mean, their their defense isn't a shining beacon or anything like that. So you think you think uh, Hall uh, five nothing uh, over Leicester? <laughs> I think I'm going to say it's going to be a two a, a really gr- gritty two one win for Leicester City. Okay, I mean it could be Leicester's revenge. You remember they, remember they lost to Hull in game week one. Yeah, with the double bicycle kick. <laughs> That's right. The most amazing season opening goal ever, right? A double bicycle. Uh, Stoke Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Can we? Should we make this a pass? I don't want to talk about this game. Yeah, Stoke is really uh, Stoke is, is very <laughs> lackluster as is Middlesbrough. All right, so this is a, it's a one one or a nil nil, right? Let's let's just let's just pass. Hey, it's it's an opportunity to to play Martin Darun, and I'll take any opportunity to do that. Eric Peters almost had an assist. Uh, Swansea in the in the Spurs game. Swansea Burnley. What a pass from Gilfie Sigurdsson in that Chelsea game. Uh, it was like he just dropped it right in that no man's land perfectly. Yeah, it was and like a, it was like a looked like the biggest man in all of England in that moment. He just like leapt over everyone and. Mm, I thought you meant metaphorically. Like it, no, no, he, was, like he looked like a giant. Mm-hmm. He's like the Spanish Olivier Giroud. He is. Well, he's famous for his for his mane, right? Isn't like, Lorente oh, like famous? The lion or yeah. something like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome goal. And uh, and as someone who doesn't have a Chelsea defender at the moment, <laughs> it was beautiful. Absolutely yeah, beautiful. As as an Alonso owner, I I wanted to strangle. Uh, I wanted to strangle <laughs> Victor Moses in that moment. So another thing that's annoying about the Man City game is I really want to bring in Gilfie Sigurdsson for this match. 
And I don't know that I could uh, to do it. I guess I would have to commit to bringing an Aguero and then I would go, uh, I would basically just drop both of my Spurs players. I drop Erickson and then I would turn uh, Kane into Aguero. But I, I just don't know if that's worth the minus four. I mean, is you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky that's, one. That's quite a risk. Yeah, it's quite a risk. Um, I think I, I expect Swansea to win this game, right? I mean, Burnley yeah, is not that strong. I, I keep saying as a as a Tom Carroll booster, I keep waiting for Tom Carroll to have a game where, you know, he has like better than a fifty percent pass completion ratio. <laughs> yeah, he he he, you he, got looks, he looks really good. He fits into the side very well, but he makes he makes a lot of dumb mistakes. Yeah, you got in my head about Carroll. I almost brought in Carroll myself a couple weeks ago. Uh, Watford Southampton. Uh, okay, so again, I have these issues with Southampton's defense, so I'm banking on uh, Watford scoring in this game. I think Watford definitely scores. Then it's just a matter of how they handle. I mean, Southampton looked amazing; like they were totally dialed in offensively in their uh, cup final against United. So with guys like Gabby Adini and um, all their other attacking threats, Watford is probably going to let in a few goals too. So it's a, kind of a toss-up for me, but there's no defensive options of any kind here. I agree. This isn't a game I'd want to like place a bet on. Uh, so uh, that, that being said, I'm, I'm not even going to guess a score. I, I agree. I don't think, I don't think there's going to be any clean sheets in the game. I have a tendency to think that Southampton will, uh, will win. Um, I don't know, just because Watford is never inspired anyone uh, a single game this season. Yeah, it's true. They could be a little demoralized after the, uh, uh, after losing the cup final. I don't know, you know, how much effect that'll, you know, they, they, it could have them down a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, we'll see. West Brom, Crystal Palace. Mm, interesting. Another, I feel like it's a Pulis Derby every weekend. <laughs> I forget sometimes that he was the Crystal Palace manager. Yeah. Uh, famously. <laughs> like extorted them for three and a half million dollars or something like that. So we know that West Brown will concede a goal in the first eight minutes as they have in uh, every game, the last uh, 25 game weeks. Uh, so who will they concede a goal to on Crystal Palace? Is the question. Uh, is it Zaha? Is it Benteke? Well, it won't be Andros Townsend. It probably <laughs> won't be. Mm, could it be Tompkins? Mm. I'm going to go Scott Dan. Scott Dan. All right. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm Dan on a, a corner. I'm going to put a marker down on uh, Zaha. Okay. I think it's going to be Dan in real life. That's my that's my guess. Uh, all right. And, but I think that West Brom will still win because uh, every defender but Nyan will score a goal. Yeah. Uh, so it will be a 3-2 uh, West Brom win. Macaulay with a perfect hat trick. Yeah. He'll, he'll score. <laughs> somebody will deflect a shot off of every part of Macaulay's body. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that I think you're right about that. Good prediction. Liverpool hosting Arsenal. Interesting match. Uh, Arsenal, which are a complete <laughs> yeah, shambles. I like how you say that. Like, oh, I didn't didn't expect to see this fixture come I'm up. Saying it as a person who is so disgusted with Arsenal that I I think it's hard for me to even root for them to win right now because I I, I, I like need a break. I need like an emotional break from this team and it's complete. Yeah. Messness. It was a nice reprieve to not have to deal with uh, the shiteness of Arsenal this past <laughs> game week. It really was. <laughs> it was. 
Uh, and yeah, Wenger, I mean, just just say you're retiring. I, I cannot believe he hasn't announced it yet. I mean, if this guy comes back next year, I really think that I'm done with the squad. I mean, I've, I've said this for so many years, but I can't deal with it anymore. I cannot deal with the squad. That, it's, like that, I'm, it's like I'm listening to a very civil uh, Arsenal TV episode. I know. It's like I'm just stuck in traction. Uh, I hope that Liverpool destroy Arsenal. Me too. Uh, as punishment uh, for Arsenal being so annoying. Uh, and I want it to be a six nothing game. I will say six two because uh, I assume that Olivier Giroud and Kieran Gibbs will score uh, ninety minute ninetieth minute goals. <laughs> At the same time, multi ball, <laughs> multi ball. No, I there's. I, I, we said at the top, like, oh, isn't it, isn't it disappointing to have got rid of Alexis Sanchez? But I'm actually feeling pretty stoked going into this game. Yeah. Um, well, he doesn't play in game week 28, you know, so it, it, I yeah. feel fine with it. Yeah. I mean, outside of Alexis Sanchez, who on the Arsenal team would you even even want? Like, Mesut Ozil is, is sort of, like, circling the drain right now, and... And then it's just like a cast of misfits between Oxley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. right, I'm too depressed. Let's move on. Yeah. So Sunday, uh, Spurs, Everton, really interesting match. The kind of the, uh, you know, despite being an Arsenal fan, the match I really want to watch is the Spurs, Everton match. I totally agree. I mean, this game should be awesome, right? I mean, I, I think that's, I don't know. I mean, Spurs probably win, but I, I really, I mean, this could be, I feel like a lot of different score lines are on the table here. I mean, this could be nil-nil. This could be 2-1. Uh, um, I I, I want to see Lukaku actually play well on the road against a good team. I feel like that is not a, that is not anything he really has in his arsenal. Well, the problem is, is it's, it's, it's down to the midfield in a sense. Yeah. If, if Ross Bark, if guys like Ross Barkley, I mean, having not watched the game like you did, it sounds like Morgan Schneiderlin might be the linchpin here to actually help them push the ball forward, and, and yeah, Barkley doesn't set. have to be responsible for like navigating the ball around five different defensive players. I'm still not sure that I think that Everton is a better team with Ross Barkley doing all his Ross Barkley shit, you know, like over dribbling and taking every corner and every free kick and uh-huh. growing his hair out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Ross Barkley is—he's a good player. He's like—he's kind of a form player though, too. You know, he's—I don't know. It's—it's like he's—he's he's so annoying because he should be doing this all the time, you know. Yeah. And then he—and then it's like, why are you? Why do you have these stretches of twelve game weeks where you don't do anything? Like how? I don't know. It's it's like he's got like a mental block sometimes. So anyway, I I I think this is kind of a tricky game to. I wouldn't I wouldn't captain anybody in this game because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really hard to to predict, uh, you know, who's going to score, where the goals are going to come from. I, I guess I'm going to predict like a one, a one nil Spurs win. That's, that's my prediction, but a good game. Yeah. I'm going to predict, uh, two, I'm going to predict a three, one scoreline in favor of Spurs. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. It's going to be a close three, one, a close three. Yeah. Right. Two, one. And then a late goal or something. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, from Sun, yeah. Uh, Sunderland host uh, Man City. Uh, it's late game on Sunday. Uh, what's your What's your pick, Brandon? Manchester City will win. Um, they'll have. They won't score until around about the sixty fifth minute. I'm guessing, mm-hmm. and then the uh, game will just sort of peter out after that. 
Okay, I so think one, that one nothing it's going to Peter Crouch out. I I think that uh, I think Moonchester will get a goal uh, early in the second half, and and then Moonbeam will get a second goal. Uh, no, I I don't know. I think that uh, I I can see Sunderland scoring a goal in this game. Uh, I think Jermaine Defoe is. Uh, uh, I think I think he likes to play against teams like Man City. I mean, he I, I feel like he knows how to like how to break down a, a shitty defense. I'm cursing a lot at the end of this podcast. He knows how to break down a bad defense like Man, Man City's, and uh, I think that uh, I think I think that Man City will probably win. Though I agree. Uh, so I'll, I'll say like a like a two one Man City win with goals from De Bruyne and Sterling. Mm-hmm. I really wish Jermaine Defoe would play, just play uh, on the field wearing Beats headphones because he doesn't <laughs> seem to be paying attention to anything that's going on on the field other than what, oh, what, totally. what he's yeah. doing. And I could just, just like putting the cassette tape into the Walkman, throwing on those Beats headphones. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a perfect spot for him, right? I mean, it's a squad that has like, there's no challenge to him as a striker, so he can just do whatever he wants with no repercussions. Which is cool. He's great. I love it. That's fine. Next sure. Game. Yeah. Next match. Uh, Chelsea, West Ham. Okay. It's Monday fixture. Chelsea, I think, are going to stop West Ham. I think that this is going to be a bit of a rout and okay. a clean sheet for Chelsea. <sighs> You've got an injured Andy Carroll, mm-hmm. uh, Mikel Antonio out with a red card. So there goes mm-hmm. their two lumps that they um, pass the ball to. So they're basically whole city at this point. They're just trying to get in a position where Snodgrass can take a free kick on target. Yeah, uh, I, it's hard to see. It's a derby game, so you know, could be could be tight. Uh, it's a, but it's a derby game at the uh, London stadium where West Ham have no atmosphere. They've had a really yeah, cool record month. That's true. Of the season. I, I think that Chelsea have been flirting with a loss for a while. I mean, I think the Chelsea, I, I'm going to predict a West Ham win here. Uh, not, not for any rational reason, but I, I just think that, I think that uh, they're, they're kind of, West Ham kind of do a, a win like this. Uh, they might, maybe they'll step it up and, and Antonio's absence. I mean, it, it would run in the face of everything, all logic. Uh, and you just uh, want to so watch probably, the world burn. Kind of, it sounds I, like Josh. I guess I, I guess I do. So uh, I'll predict a two-one uh, West Ham win over Chelsea. Four-nil uh, uh, Chelsea. <laughs> it's probably more likely. <laughs> uh, Brandon, I've had a lot of fun today. I hope you can tell by the tone of my voice. Yeah, I've, I, I've feel had like, some, I feel like you're in a happy, good mood. Yeah, I have. Uh, I I laughed once. I think I smiled internally. <laughs> You made two uh, moonbeam jokes. I made two, two moonbeam <laughs> jokes. I think that was really the key. It was, yeah. When I, when I t- start talking about Premier League mascots, you know, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> that uh, is your wheelhouse, definitely. All right, so... Ha ha, <laughs> funny, funny. Laugh, laugh, joke, joke, yeah. Brandon. If you guys but have enjoyed let's listening... Get, <laughs> we hope you've all had a lot of fun and learned something here. Uh, if you do, uh, subscribe to the podcast, please. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Acast. And you can find us on TuneIn. Mm. Maybe, perhaps, one could say wherever you get your podcasts. That would have been simpler. Yeah. Also, social media, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Hail Cheaters, and Facebook. It's facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Or send us your elaborate thoughts. Uh, via email to hailcheaters at gmail.com. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to hear 
our uh, our professional broadcasting friend Richard Orford talked to us. You have to become a Patreon of Always Cheating. Just go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support our meager little podcast. And uh, we really appreciate everyone that does. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And I uh, hope you were able to tolerate my, my Moonchester Moonbeam jokes. <laughs> and uh, there'll be less of them next week. So uh, good luck. And uh, whatever city players you pick up, I hope that they're the right ones. Amen. Macaulay forever. <laughs> you have to add that actually that's a good one um uh, oh can i even say ambicani forever anymore it's too it's too sad i'll just say have mercy good luck in gateway 27 good luck for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.